Hello, my name is Brad Cathy, and welcome to Design and Behavior, discussions that will take a closer look at the purpose of design, which, I believe, is ultimately to change behavior. This podcast is brought to you by Highgate Creative, with over 30 years of helping clients change behavior. Take a look at our website, highgate-creative.com. Over the next several podcasts, we're going to be talking about branding. I know a lot has been said about it, but I'm hoping I can bring something new to the discussion. So hang in there with me and we'll go on a little journey that I hope will bring a fresh perspective to your understanding of branding. Hi, this is Brad, and welcome back to our podcast about branding. This is podcast number three. In our last podcast, we talked about some of the stuff you need to do before you begin to work on a brand strategy. This is more of the soul searching that you need to do as an individual or as a team to determine just what it is you do and how you do it and why you do it and for whom you do it. So I'm going to assume that you're all on the same page and you're ready to roll up your sleeves and start working on a brand strategy. This is the practical stuff. And this is the stuff, fortunately, that you can control. Going back to our analogy of the play, these are the things that you need to do before the curtain goes up. I've broken it down into six categories. The first one, brand identity, we will talk about today. But then there is message, impressions, execution, purpose, and finally culture. And how these six affect the audience once the curtain goes up also fits nicely into six categories. Recognition, cognition, comfort, perception, emotion, and finally trust. But today we're going to talk about brand identity. This is the stuff that people see. It can be anything that appeals to the senses, but I would say 90% of it is going to be visual. A number of years ago, we had the opportunity to work with ServiceMaster, which at the time was a Fortune 500 service company, helping one of their divisions refresh their brand identity. This was their residential commercial division, which had a very public persona. And at the time, they were driving around vans, painted this dark mustardy color, with a logo on the side that was in this kind of muted turquoise. Bottom line, it just wasn't commensurate with a cleaning company. It just didn't present well. So the first thing that we took on was the color. Turns out yellow is not an easy color, but we worked with DuPont to come up with a nice bright yellow that would stand up to the environment. While that was going on, we took a look at the logo and that turquoise color. We brightened up the color and then we took a very classic typeface, treated it in such a way to make it unique. Then the question came, how do we present this? Because nobody had seen it except for the marketing people. So we came up with the idea of having a van painted this color in a body shop 
and then having the graphics hand-painted by a sign painter. Then on a bright spring day, we invited the president of the division and his leadership team to come down to the circular drive in front of headquarters. When everybody was assembled, we had somebody drive the van around. We heard a few oohs and ahs, and I just happened to be standing next to the president, and I looked up in his eyes, and I could swear there were tears. And he finally turned to me, and he said, Brad, how fast can I get my car painted like this? And I said, are you sure you want to drive a bright yellow car around town? He said, absolutely. Well, three days later, he was driving a bright yellow car with the new graphics painted on the side. So why do I tell you this story? Two reasons. First of all, the powerful impact brand identity can have on an audience. And secondly, underscoring the importance of getting the leadership behind the brand identity. My mentor once told me, great design starts at the top, meaning if you get the leadership behind it, everything else will fall into place. One of the misconceptions about brand identity is that people think it is the brand. And really, it's only the tip of the iceberg, but it's the part that people see. So I would say that brand identity is probably 99% visual. The fortunate thing about identity is that it's one of the easiest things to work on. So exactly what kind of impact does brand identity have? Well, if I were to blindfold you and drop you into the middle of Target or a Walmart, you wouldn't know where you were. But if I remove the blindfold, you're going to know immediately. If you don't see the name, you're going to see the logo maybe the colors, but you'll get this sense of where you are. So let's look at five key components to brand identity. The first one is the obvious one, but sometimes people don't put as much thought into it as they should, and that's the name. You have to get that right. So what makes a good name? Very few organizations today can get away with what Apple did. I mean, what does Apple have to say about a company that makes technology? Try to come up with a name that is short, easy to say, easy to remember, to spell, that's unique, and is descriptive of what it is you do. I would avoid using personal names and cliches like concepts or solutions. And stay away from initials, because if people don't understand what they stand for, the meaning of the name is lost. Now the next thing everybody wants is a logo, right? A logo is a nonverbal symbol that stands for the name. But there's a downside to it. Like initials, if people don't make the connection between the mark and the brand, the point is lost. If you do insist on a mark then, or a logo, it should not be abstract. It should somehow reflect the name or the brand, or what it is you do. Or you could skip the logo and do what some companies have done. Small companies like Coca-Cola or Google, they really don't have a logo. They have a logo type. So they've taken their name and they've treated it in such a way that it's unique and it's memorable and it's recognizable. So don't rush into a logo when you can have a logo type. And don't underestimate 
color. I remember when my daughter was three, she was sitting in the back seat as we drove through town, and she looked over into a camera store. Uh, some of you might not even know what those are. And there was a large promotional box of Kodak film hanging in the window. And my daughter saw that and she just said, Daddy, camera. So even at the ripe old age of three, color had made an impression. A couple of companies come to mind, UPS Brown, DHL Yellow, FedEx Purple and Red, at least for their air division, and now they've got purple and green for ground. Or the red of Coke, the blue of Pepsi. Color makes an impact. Color is memorable. Color might be identified before somebody even sees the name or the logo, especially at a distance. So don't underestimate color. And the last characteristic of brand identity is what we call trade dress. This is everything. This is a combination of the logo, the logo type, the colors, your literature, your website, everything that makes up the look of your brand. And if you do a good job, there'll be enough consistency across all the medium that it will be recognizable in any form. So that's brand identity. And in the next podcast, we'll look at message and probably have time to look at impressions. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.